Hey guys, thanks for tuning in with us on uh, Biomass this week. We're uh, obviously not on the same day we normally are at because uh, last night was obviously Easter, so we were uh, going to move the, the show to tonight in uh, respect of that. Uh, but we will be back on our normal time next week on Sunday at the usual I time. It, I thought it was an observance of my birthday. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's totally it, so Not your birthday, someone else's. No, I mean that was my Saturday was my birthday, and I, we just need that whole weekend just needs to be observed. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a national holiday now. <laughs> Raise the flag, yeah, or half mass. I mean, depending on how you want to see it. But anyway, so we are on episode forty-eight, which is getting very close to fifty-two. Uh, we've been at this for nearly a year now. I guess eleven months it would be, which is pretty wild. So you know, thanks guys for for sticking with us and, and giving us a reason to keep going with it. It's been uh, it's been a trip. Uh, but yeah, Jason unfortunately had a delayed flight, so he will hopefully be showing up the latter half of the show. We'll see how that goes. But uh, for now, we're just gonna get started and not uh, let it drag on too long. So we'll probably start off with, uh, as we normally do, with a CPM one update from Zell. It's it's uh it's been uh you know kind of a, a midweek. I'm I'm waiting to get uh you know uh, I want to get stuff scheduled to get moving along with uh, hopefully CPM two stuff. But uh, um you know we're we're kind of in that between period for uh, ho- hopefully seeing the next patch soon and uh, waiting to see how that works out and then you know reviewing matchmaking which has been you know fun yeah, that's that's true the uh the matchmaking uh what, what do you uh, actually we never did uh introductions i'm sorry uh so let, let's start with that <laughs> this actually what happens when we have, this is what happens when we have the other host intro and and when i'm very tired from a long day so i i apologize so we'll, we'll start with introductions first uh we'll go from the top with uh catmark Hi, I'm Catmark, and I'm a forum person, and I have popcorn because this is going to be amusing. <laughs> All right, uh, Kane Spiro. Former member of the uh, CPM, uh, leader of the Negative Feedback Alliance. And uh, Luther Mandrix. Hello, I am Luther Mandrix, a director in Wasteland Junk Removal in Dust, and an EVE pilot in Wasteland Junk Removal in EVE. Cool, cool. Soraya? I'm Soraya Zell, a member of uh, CPM1 and a co-host here on the show. And I'm Pokey Draven from OSG Planetary Operations and a co-host here on Biomast. So now that that's out of the way, and I'm totally frazzled. Uh, so yeah, the, the matchmaking, did, I, I haven't been following that too closely. I mean, obviously I've, I've seen the, the effects of it, but uh, did you want to talk a little bit about what he did, Zell, or do you know the exact details at all? Well, I mean, it, it, what, it, what it comes down to is that... Um, you know, this is this is something we've seen this behavior out of the matchmaker before, um, and it's it's one of the you know in a previous version, and I think a lot of a lot of matchmaking was was rolled back because of these sorts of issues. Um, you know, obviously people would get into matches before this this hotfix almost instantly all the time, um, which is nice, but it wasn't it also wasn't very balanced and. I think there's probably some tweaks that need to be done. I know there's been, you know, a few people, you know, one of the theories is that it's, it's all bait because people aren't drop are, are dropping out when they're facing actual competition in matchmaking, but it also doesn't seem like things are getting refilled correctly either. So, um, you know, it's, it seems like the system's going to need some, some serious tweaking yet. Um, but there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who've come in in the last week on the forums and just been like, CCP killed Dust514. I saw that thread today. And I'm like, 
you know, it's it's like this has been a thing that everyone has wanted, you know, fix the proto-stomping, fix the proto-stomping, stop making noobs face, you know, you know, veterans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to take some work to get it right. And people are going to have to be at least a little patient with it. I think I saw that thread. Is that the one where the guy claimed he was in like a three versus 14 match for five matches in a row and then Rattati went and pulled the logs and called him out on it? Um, I saw that somewhere too. I mean, there, there's been, yeah, there's been a lot. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the thing I think some people too for, forget is that you can, you can, it's easy to exaggerate some stuff and Rattati can actually like pull the logs and tell you exactly what was going on. Um, like, I know one of the common suggestions is that it's still doing, like, you know, two proto-squad, two full squads versus all randoms. And one of the things people tend to forget is there's a lot of people who are not in the same corps who do squad together. And, you know, Rattati can actually pull up those logs and say, no, that was a squad, and that was a squad, and that was a squad. You know? Yeah, and, and the issue you were you were talking about before, I assume, is the fact that the, the numbers and the matchmaking tend to... Uh, not be balanced where you're going to end up at the end of the match with a, an uneven number of people on each team. Is that correct? Yeah, there's there's been a lot of issues with, um, you know, 9 versus 12, stuff like that. Well, you, it's even more than that. Sometimes you end up with, like, 14 v 16, and it's actually the matchmaker saying this is an even match. Like, I've been on the 14 before, like, and it was, I mean, it was more, there was more people on the other side, but it still ended out playing pretty evenly. The thing that I've seen over and over and over again is is the people leaving battle like uh skirmish is ending up with 14 on one side and two people on the two people left i think you end up because one of the things ccp was trying to kill off was joining a match that's already over right so if you have joining a match that's already over being a no-no then the matchmaker is not going to want to refill the match after a certain point right so if people are leaving the match and then and the matchmaker saying well i'm told not to refill this match you're going to end up with low player count matches I think a lot of a lot of this comes down to uh, the player community themselves needing to kind of realize that maybe we're going to have to deal with matches that are more difficult than we are used to. I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually haven't experienced a, a ton of the uneven numbers. I mean, maybe one or two. It's not a huge deal, but I will say that in the matches where people don't leave and actually stick with it, there've been some of the more enjoyable matches because even if it's a stomp, the other side keeps pushing. Uh, and I, I've just noticed a general quality of uh, increasing quality of the matches in the cases where they actually stay fairly even. Um, the, the big issue that I've been experiencing is that I tend to come into matches late, um, usually with both teams into armor already. I think uh, one day I played five matches, three of them in which I came in when both teams were hitting armor. One match where they just got into shield, like started like uh, maybe like a quarter of the way in the shield, and only one of the matches out of the five was actually from the beginning. So I haven't been seeing the really bad imbalance between players, but I, I'm still experiencing actually more than I was before joining matches that are uh, already in, in progress. And that's typically odd for when you're running in a squad. Uh, solo, I, I would get it quite a bit before, but running in a squad, I, I've never gotten it as much as I have in the last couple of weeks. You know, no, if they're going to be filling people in to matches later on, um, what they need to do is they need to roll back they if, uh, at one point they implemented a change to where you get less isk if you load into a match later on. I think to incentivize people not being as torn up about being put into a match later in the game, but still winnable or you know still where they can do something, would be to give a full isk payout to people that are put into those kind of matches. 
Yeah, that that's that's probably a fair point. I've, I've joined some matches before where uh, you're in there for maybe a minute, and it's like, well, that was a waste of time. I mean, I've actually had matches where I've joined in and hadn't had enough time to get enough war points to even get experience for the match, which is really frustrating. Hey, uh, this brings up uh, something else. We need a new uh, leader. What is it? Leaderboard stat called left battle early. You know, we all know that we have uh, people in our community that they don't want their win-loss to be bad, and they'll leave a match early so that they can uh, pad their stats. Th this here would help show the other half of the picture if we have the left battle early stat. That's really easy to fix. Just make it so when you leave a battle, it counts as a loss. You know, I was thinking about that, Kat, and the only thing is people might actually do that to modify their stats quickly. Join battles and then leave them mm. in, order, in order to lower their move rating. So that would be a potential downside to, well, to doing a well, stat here, here's punishment. The thing. You, the, you, I mean, I'm not sure what, if it's looking at the ex at that actual number to calculate mu, like the one that's displayed on the client, but you could count, like, if you could either, like, count it as a loss but not not lower the mew or potentially even like every time someone leaves a match slightly artificially raise mew so that the more they leave matches the harder the matches they get tuned into <laughs> it's like dark souls 5 look four. you know it, it's they should just be shamed by having lots of left matches and then the community can see the, oh. the, you do, do like right on the forums. Just have a counter next to their name. How many matches they've left since the hot, the patch where it's implemented? And there's something else that I thought was actually it could be a fairly simplistic way to fix it. If somebody leaves a match and then they immediately queue back in, just put them in the same match over and over again until they get the idea. Which you can do unless someone else fills in the match instead. And not only, naturally, you wouldn't, in most cases, you wouldn't actually want to fill people in. So, like, say a battle's halfway over and then somebody leaves, then put them back, and then... That so actually be, that'd actually be kind of convenient for the annoyance of getting disconnected. You just restart the client and sign, you know, cue back see, in. That's, and I mean, that's right one... The match. Exactly, that's one benefit of it. And put it this way, if a, if a squad will have a certain mood rating, right? So if the squad changes numbers because, they, let's say, oh gosh, we didn't pick up Bobby. Let's go grab Bobby and put him in the squad. Their mood rating would have changed, so then you don't they're no longer flagged to go back into that same match. So if it's people that are leaving match in order to pick somebody up, that's one thing. But, and someone was saying, well, what if that's filled, that spot's filled up? Well, then what you've done is they can't, they keep on, it keeps on putting them in that match and then it can't. So you basically have put a punishment timer, the duration of that match for leaving battle. Well, that's pretty typical in, uh, at least in MMOs, where if you, if you back out of a, an instance or something, that it will punish you by putting a timer on there so you can't rejoin. So in reality, it would have been better just to, to ride the match out than back out because it's it takes less time than the punishment timer. Now that's that's typically a good idea, but I, I, I do have concerns that uh, people getting disconnected would be punished un unjustly then because they'd be forced to you know wait for something that's not their fault. Yeah, it's it, it'd be a balancing act. It would have to be like X number of times left within X time with you know X number of times left during X duration of time equals punishment. Deal. Yeah, I think in the, the first infraction it would, it would be a bit too harsh. Yeah, I don't mind them leaving early. I just want them to be shamed. That's all. 
the problem is whether or not some people care or not about that. Like people, if you directly impact someone's playtime, I think you're going to get more of a result. I mean, I know one of the other ideas was kind of give them a carrot. So the more matches you complete in a sequence, you get a modifier and that increases your payout and your SP and stuff like that for going through and completing the matches that you've joined. I just think that this is maybe a situation where this where a stick is better than a carrot. I mean, maybe you do both. Yeah, I don't know about that. I know the killing friendlies in Faction Warfare and getting kicked out of Faction Warfare, when it happened by accident, guys just jumping out of the dropship and, and it counted as kills and, and I got kicked out, it was like, man, I can't run with my guys the rest of the night. I don't I don't know about the, the stick with this. Another thing you could do on the other side of this is um, perhaps have the game take a snapshot of what the, the mu difference is uh, between one side versus the other. And so if you have a situation where the match becomes extremely um, imbalanced, you actually get a, a bonus for being on the, the lower end of that scale for sticking with it at the end because you've got a, a big difference in like player count or, or however it works out. It would encourage people to actually stay in the match and, and finish it, even if you know they're having a, a rough time due to a, a, a team imbalance. Yeah, Cross he in Skype. He's got something really good here. You know that some people back their squad out because one of their guys didn't get pulled in, you know, or was DC'd. So yeah, that happens to us a lot. So yeah, I can understand that. If they were slated to go in that match though, and then they fix the DC and then they go back in, maybe they get loaded back into that match though. If they're flagged to go back in that match, they go back in kind of like so it in a way making putting people back in the same match may be a way to make it to where if you have a DC, you can actually get back in to that to that battle. I'm just I'm just wondering why Cross is is on Skype and not in the show with us. He has a technical uh, uh, he has to get his technical equipment together, which apparently is going to take some minutes. So he, he should be joining us later on, though. Yeah, you actually raise a pretty good point on that one, Kane. I know that in other in other games I've played, if you get a disconnect, it, it does kind of reserve your spot in the match of the instance and lets you to to an extent. I mean, obviously, if you're gone for ten minutes, it it it, it wipes your spot, but it would allow people to, to join back in and also prevent people from backing out because it's going to throw you right back in where you you came out of. So I, I think that actually might be good. I'm not sure if the the dusters have the capability to to actually handle that, but that would. I think solve actually a lot of issues. There's just kind of a, a little bit of a joy though. The idea of someone like going, Oh, I don't want to punt fight these people. They leave match and they go back in and it's the same people again. And you keep on seeing them appear and then disappear and then get back in the battle and then leave the battle and then get back in the battle. It could be kind of hilarious. I actually remember instances of that back in close beta when we had a smaller player base and people would leave and then come back in and leave and come back in because they're trying to, to get a different map or, or whatever. It was, it was pretty funny, but like I said, I think it does raise a really good point that it, it would force you to actually finish the contract, so to speak, rather than just selecting a new one. Yeah. So any other comments on the, the matchmaking and problems you've noticed or, or solutions you've thought of? Yeah, personally, I like it uh, here. Uh, yeah, I just I just like it. Even when it's off balance, I've enjoyed those games also. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, when the, the, 
the player count actually remains even or, or, or fairly even. This I've I've been enjoying a lot a lot more evenly matched uh, battles in terms of you know player skill and aggressiveness and whatnot. I feel like it's it's no longer a stop because I mean honestly it's it's boring for me personally to to beat the hell out of the other team. It's about as bad as getting my face kicked in. You know, it's it's much better when you feel like it's a a fair fight for the most part and it's actually more interesting rather than you know let's stare at the red line and, and see who comes out first sort of deal. So overall, I think it, it needs some polish, but I think it's it's moving in the right direction, even if some of the the current systems got messed up in the process. So I think that they're watching it pretty closely, and hopefully we'll get those fixes soon. So moving along, uh, I believe it was Aeon Amati that found on the EVE test server some items that are related to the skin system Rotati have been talking about in the past. Uh, did you want to talk a bit about that, Zal? You probably are more in the know than we are. I know no things. No um, things. No, it's um I mean, you know, it's it's test client magic crystal ball stuff, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um I mean it's it's you gotta bear in mind that when Ritati says something, it's generally at least um it's either ballpark feasible or it's like something that they're sure they can do. So it's in the case of skins it was like, you know, when when something that they they were able to get working. So um you know, it's they're testing it. They they have and they have items on CC. Stuff shows up on CC all the time. They commit something to the test branch, and it ends up on that server. It's nothing new. Yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be a great thing once they get it running. That's, I mean, cosmetic items are pretty much a staple in any free to play game, and they're the best kind of uh, commodity to buy in a cash shop because they don't actually affect the gameplay, and you can sell sell them shamelessly without really breaking anything. So I'm, I'm really excited. I think this will be good for, for Dust as well as giving players more customization, which we've been asking for for a very long time. I oh, still yeah. can't wait till the forum post that says, because you were orange, you had an advantage over me. It'll no, happen. it'll happen. Oh, oh for sure. It'll, it'll, or, 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 we're still fighting lag switching threads, man, in, in 2015. Yeah, I but remember. that doesn't work in Dust at all. But this guy today on the forums, he, he was very insistent that he's sure, and we're all saying no. And I think it was trolling, though. I, th- I think it was a troll alt. So, yeah, I, I just can never believe it when somebody's stupid enough to. Think. I don't. The the thing is, is that like that there sometimes a forum comment is is so dumb that it's very clear that it has to be a troll because if they were that dumb, they would not have been able to figure out how to spawn in dust. <laughs> <laughs> Blah 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 has uh, fell and died. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, anyway, a uh, note about this skins thing. Ratati said that we should start gathering LP for a reason. And he, at the same day, on the same day, uh, mentioned something about uh, what should we call it? Factional skins. So I'm yeah. guessing it won't be Orum only, or maybe they made it so you pay both LP and Orum. There are uh, mentioned faction LP skins being a thing. So if that happens. They'll probably have some some ore ones, some LP ones. You know, they might do ones for event rewards or stuff like that. You know, once once the system's in place, it's you know pretty easy for them to cook up stuff for various things. The crazy. Go ahead. I was saying the the crazy thing is the core reason behind them starting the whole skin thing was the fact that Rotati was like, oh look, we can get a performance boost out of potentially yep, using the system. Uh, yeah, I just wonder how much of a performance boost is it? Anything that they can squeeze out of the, the game is probably, you know, awesome. 
and oh, squeezing yeah, sure. it forever. I mean, they probably know? reached a point where optimization is like one frame there, one frame here, stuff like that. Maybe. Well, I, mean, I mean, just looking at the database just on protofits, I'm always a little disturbed by how many you know assault suits that are all identical but have a different entry for for each variant because it's you know got a different color on it. I, I think that. Uh, I mean, I don't know a ton about server architecture, but I think cutting down the number of entries is going to help one way or another. I mean, it may not be noticeable, but I think that the the fact that there's any advantage at all beyond, obviously, the, the cosmetic uh, portion of it is, is going to be fantastic for the game. We'll make cosmetics yeah, more marketable, too. That's why Evo's doing that, though. Yeah. Well, not to mention that if, you know, for people that already have BPOs and don't need another BPO of the same suit, it, it gives them the option probably to to get a, a cheaper just buying the skin for the color opposed to buying, you know, a whole new suit for the color like, you know, most of us did for the Quaif suits. I think everyone at this point pretty much has a Dragonfly Assault suit <laughs> one yeah. way or another, so, or, or a few, uh, and then ended up buying a, a Caldari Quaif suit anyways, knowing that it was basically redundant, but it was just for the color. So for me personally, it'd be great to be able to buy just the, the cosmetic portion rather than having to buy the whole thing. I really hope something they do is with those legacy skins. I mean, I hope they actually go through and break out. Uh, let's say you have a Quaif BPO. They break it out and they give you like the BPO utility suit and then the skin. So you can then apply those skins to whatever you want. Um, I think that would be a nice gesture to people who have previously kind of paid into the cosmetics that have been present in the game so far, uh, thus far. Yeah, yeah, I would like uh, to, to take my uh, Covenant uh, uh, Kaldari Assault and have that red on a uh, Sentinel. From looking at the server, the way the server list is up, it looks like if you have a Kaldari medium skin, it's going to only go to Kaldari mediums. If you have a Cal Sentinel skin, a Cal Heavy skin, it's only going to go to like Commandos and uh, Sentinels. I don't think you're going to be able to go cross, because if you think about it, they share the same base model. So like all Kaldari medium suits are Kaldari medium suits in terms of like the model itself. Uh, two things. One, I just counted the amount of proto suits alone of medium frames. 65 under proto fits. Yeah, that's, that's unique proto suits. The other thing is, I'd say, the best way to identify a logi from an assault is the color. And if you can just use an assault skin on a logi, doesn't that kind of break the visual thing? That's actually a pretty good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, but it might I, was just assuming, being... I was assuming he, he's just going to allow a skin per, uh, per specialization. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, this is all Crystal Paul test server stuff. So, I mean, that's just what the test server said. I'm not sure if it'll uh, be frame-specific or role-specific. I'm not sure. But uh, you do raise a good point that it does kind of remove that visual uh, effect. Though I guess I, at the same time, you could, you know, take a, a red color and put it on a logi or take a red color and put it on a salt, and the same thing's going to happen, even if they're unique skins. I don't see that being, I mean, yes, it could be an issue, but at the same time, I don't see it being like, when you point when you point a weapon at somebody, you're going to be able to tell what suit they are as well. Yeah, but sometimes it's just simply not an option to just go, like, check out all the enemies on your screen and uh, find the best target by doing that. You have repair. to make quick decisions. That repair beam might also be a giveaway a bit as well. Logis aren't always running a repair beam during battle. It's often better to just use your gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would like to have skins for the guns also. Uh, that would be awesome. 
technically I... skins do exist for the game, but not in the sense that uh, for these suits. I don't think that's necessarily something tech that they've done or evaluated. Because if you think about it, you get a Pyrus assault rifle looks different than a basic assault rifle, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, but it's, it's, those are the same way suits do, so... It's surely was... not outside of the realm of capability. I mean, you can get Quaif guns now, um, but you probably... My guess is that you're not going to see as much of a performance difference from switching to that for weapons, and they'll have to come up with some way to, you know, kind of associate a slot with a weapon and and it's you know it it's probably something that they could do if the skin system works really well for them you know but it's just you know you can't do everything at once well i mean heck, if it created a situation though where they could create customizable weapons and because there's also a monetary benefit attached to it uh that would be awesome because i know oh, customiz- sure. customizable weapons has been something we've been wanting for a really long time you know i want to put this scope on this gun or i want to put so on and so forth Right, but that is, that is a huge, huge project. Huge. It's it's a, it's a big project. I mean, you could probably you would, I mean, your your mid step there would be probably putting like a skin slot on on a gun. I'm imagining changing skins for guns is about the same as uh, changing skins for suits. Like they were smart, it's, it's pretty similar. You just time. have to you'd have to make a slot that was a module a skin module slot of sorts that was yeah. tied to the gun as opposed to the suit um but talking about scopes and shit that's completely different yeah the, though, though likely not not exceptionally hard from a from an unreal standpoint i mean it's it's a common feature of a first person standpoint uh the ui issue is what it would be it would come down to ui yeah. i mean our fitting ui is already um fairly extravagant and uh, bloated it'd be it'd be adding even more yeah the framework just tanks when you try to open the filling screen during gameplay so he, uh, today uh, Ritati just posted in the uh, think tank about the possibility of corporate skins with logos yes please i don't know if he's saying logos per se i think he's basically saying that a, a corporation could submit to CCP, hey, we want it to have these textures, and then CCP would produce a skin that would only work if you were in that corp or something like that. So you could basically, as he put, you know, Dust Uni could say we want like, you know, a black and gold, uh, I forget what their are, but like black and gold um, skin, and then CCP could then market that skin, and it would only be equipable if uh, you were in Dust Uni. Now he he also says that he doesn't have the tech for this yet. It's purely just in just thinking out loud. It's not even considered a, a possibility at this point. But uh, it's it's interesting to say the least. Well, I would imagine it's uh, not that far off once you have the skin system implemented. Just make it so the ticker that uh, like the skin only works if you're in this corp. I would actually like it if it was like a, a blank skin and depend in like a corporate a corp could set, you know, this is what our corporate drop suit looks like. And Ooh. then when you're in that corp, your blank skin will auto change to that's, whatever that's, that is. That's the yeah, way, I love uh, that. That's the way World of Warcraft does it, actually. Um, oh, really? The, yeah, the guild tabard just looks like a white white blank tabard and then it picks up your your uh, logo and colors from uh, your guild settings. Um that's the way WoW does it. It doesn't sound like because corp logos in Dust and Eve are constructed from shapes and stuff. I'm not sure how impossible that would be. It probably wouldn't be 
exceptionally bad. I, I think they probably wouldn't want to load all the different combinations of corp logos into the live game for performance reasons. But at the very least, they could probably take the colors used in the logos um, and and apply those to a suit. The ore. Think of the ore. Oh, here's another thing. Uh, I don't really know how their texturing system works, but could we receive the blank texture and then have people from our corps who know how to do so to just modify it and then submit it? Um, probably not because they have, I mean, they have their own software for, for working with that. And probably, I mean, it's not, it's not like you can just Photoshop it because it's using, you know, patterns and textures that are in the game. And so you're, you're, you're really filling in blanks. You're saying, I want this color of this pattern on this spot on the suit, as opposed to just, you know, having a, a texture map file that you just Photoshop. Yeah, that makes me think back of the uh, the Quaif suits too, because there was materials properties to those textures as well. Right. Yeah. They, and, they uh, have glow texture. You know, they have glow effects, stuff like that. Now, yeah. every suit would have to be bought from CCP for Orm. Who knows? Maybe fifty-eight thousand for a medium, fifty-eight thousand oh, for a sentinel, and you know, I, hey, they got to make money, right? So but you could have a blank sentinel, expensive. and then bam. It's got your logo. Hey, hey, they. That's $28 uh, for a skin. I don't think you realize yeah, how people think, price skins. I think the skins would be much. I think if you if CCP went the skins route, I would think that uh, the utility suits would continue to exist, but they would actually be uh, more expensive. Like, so you take whatever currently uh, a suit costs in terms of a BPL, and you would divvy it up. And I would think that you would actually look at probably 30% of the cost being the skin and then 70% of the current cost being like the actual utility of the suit. I mean, they could go 50-50 on it, but I, which would still even be better. I mean, it would be a better situation. But I would expect the cost to be more towards the, uh, the utility side of it than the cosmetic. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the skin should be no more than three to five dollars. If it goes any more than that, it's it's just going to be ridiculous. I mean, I'll, I'll quote much. the 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 little big the little big planet model where they sell all their DLC for like a dollar, and people won't think twice about spending a dollar. I I wouldn't think twice about spending three dollars on a skin and dust. I would just buy them because it's three dollars. But you start getting like six, you know five, six, seven dollars. I'm like, eh. I think honestly, and I'm I'm not in marketing, thank God, but. Uh, they would probably make more money overall by selling a large quantity of cheaply priced skins than they would if they sold a few very expensive ones. It and depends on their conversion rates, really. What percentage of the population actually buys ore, and you know, how would see it see any kind of skin as like a must buy kind of deal? Yeah, it has to be a, a point where it's it it just makes sense to a player. Like if I want this color, the price point is such that I don't have to really think about how expensive it is. Uh, again, I don't know their marketing details, but I, I really, really hope that they're they're extremely affordable. Like on the like I said, three to five dollars seems very reasonable for a skin, depending on how uh, how many suits it affects. Obviously, I don't want it to be like it only affects this tier of the suit for three dollars. That's pointless. You know, it needs to cover a number of suits, but it would still be affordable. I would make myself look like a standard suit in a proto suit. Low. 
Well, that's another interesting uh, point that someone has brought up before is that um, there are instances of suits that have, uh, I believe, unique slot layouts. Like I think the skin weaves have a different slot layout than their equivalent uh, frame suit. And should those uh, skins be extracted or should they remain as an exclusive to that suit um, because they're kind of a collector's item from the closed beta? What do you guys think? The skin, you're talking about, uh, for example, would be the skin weaves, that kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. How about both? Uh, skin weaves are inferior, though, to other BPOs. Yeah, I mean, the they skin, suck. the cosmetic value of the skin would actually have more value than the suit itself. Yeah, I mean, I would say for those suits, though, uh, whether or not you also get the skin as well, I'm not sure. But I think the way you would do it is the skin slot on the suit would be a yellow module. So you can't remove it but you could always replace it kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, that I mean that would seem like how you would handle well, I don't know because here here's the thing is you want what what you want in most cases is you you want to re- for performance reasons you want to reduce the number of suits that people are playing with without removing the choices that they have, you know? I do, so you don't want to have like if you currently have like say a Quaif BPO and that's a standard suit BPO with a Quaif skin you don't want to still have a quaif suit with a yellow boxed module in it, for example, because you don't want to have to have a different different suit item for each and every skin that you previously had. Yeah. You want to get everyone up to, you know, you have your standard BPOs and then you put your skin module on it. I would almost say, and this is, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to do this or if they're not going to do this, but I would almost say that because... Militia BPOs are the most useless thing in the name of all useless th- things in the world of there being so many standard level metal level BPOs. I would almost say that it is worth it, it would be worth it to just upgrade all of the militia grade BPOs to standard BPOs when you credit back everyone suits and skin modules. I don't know though. The the um they'd have to be the they'd have to be skill free still. That's well, a good point. Yeah, the the one heavy that is militia has a high slot. The standard uh, Amar uh, basic does not have a high slot. So so there's a difference there in power with a forge gun. And on the other hand, you know, talking about the skin weaves, they used to be white. Uh, they're they're a little bit green now. I'm kind of thinking think they the don't white, have that I right. White, I think the white might might have been an accident. I think it, in in at least some cases, suits being white were the cases of their textures not being applied. Um, I do I don't know which those were. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure advanced level suits are intentionally white, but um, I I do think in some cases suits were white accidentally. I'm not sure. Um, because I don't remember. Um. But, like, so, like, if there's, like, two suits that are, like, you know, BPOs with skins and maybe they have a slight fitting difference, you know, in slot layout, I would rather they just give you the better of the two slot layouts for both and just reduce the number of extraneous suit configurations. Well, the, see, the thing is, some of the skin weaves, like, it's, again, like, the uh, the Amar one has a, a unique slot layout, as does, like the the Minmatar, the militia Minmatar one because it's actually got two it's got the speed of an assault but it's actually got two equipment slots so there's 
I, I would say kill kill off your easy kill off the easy targets first. Like, um, and only that it makes me wonder what happens with the BPCs, like Ansoma suits and stuff like that. Would you get a? You're not gonna. You're not gonna. You can't take B- BPCs and turn them into skins because that's those skins are a permanent thing and BPCs are one-offs. And if you want to, if you have a BPC and you want the skin, you probably would need to buy the skin. No, well, that's a. What I'm saying is, uh, you get a BPC skin module out of it. No, I would just leave. I would just leave BPCs alone. That's a self-correcting issue because as people use the BPCs, they slowly disappear from the field, event, and eventually you don't have to load them anymore. And a lot of people don't even, if it's like a, a unique slash rare BPC, a lot of people are never going to field it anyways because they don't want to lose it. Yep. Yeah, that's my, my position. That's where I would be because I have like one of every skin, that one of every like design that's ever existed. So can't wait till trading happens so I can trade it off to a... a a baggage handler is what I'm gonna call that character. Oh, just just so that you can find stuff easier in your item list. Yes, that and will perform and for performance issues. Yeah, I'm, I miss my Type Two Sentinels from uh, closed beta with the the more shield and less armor that were Amarian. They they were ah, nice. Type Two suits, such nostalgia. Well, those were basically pseudo racial suits. They were playing yeah, yeah, with I more know, or less. I miss them. We actually do have a, a Sentinel with more shield and less armor. It's, it's called a Kaldari suit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it may not look a Marian, what, which is important to some imagine, people I know. But. What I imagine two suits to be would be more extreme versions of the racial uh, affinity. Like, for example, the Galente would have a reduced armor, but highly increased rep. Or Amar, re- remove the rep, increased armor, shit like that. You see, this would be a perfect time for Jason to come back and kick the door in and start screaming out pirate suits because that's pretty much what you could end up with. <laughs> and it's, uh, I'll, I'll fill in for him here and say that basically pirate suits pirate could, suits, could fill that role. a combination of multiple races, but whatever. Well, but my point is that you could take that and, and then take them to the extreme, like you said, where it's it's a it's a mixture of, of a style, but to you know the nth degree, where it's it's extremely specialized in, in in a certain direction. I think you could you could get a similar effect with that as well. Yeah, I would want a few highly specialized suits because honestly, at this point, most suits can do what other suits can as long as you have the right modules. It just it just makes me wonder if they're going to be able to reconcile the way skills apply to suits, though, to do pirate suits. Yeah, that's that's the big tech question: is if you can actually have a skill apply to to multiple suits at the same time yeah, in, in that regard. Oh god, if they could if they could change that aspect, one skill could actually apply in multiple different well, ways. Well, guys, how about this? You know how in Eve you need um, like a Kaldari and a Galante to equal a a pirate faction. You have to skill into both frigates to the same level. How about we use the basic uh, uh, the basic drop suits and if you go to prototype in a basic Amarian and a basic heavy Kaldari, that equals a Mordus Legion uh, prototype. Uh, well, uh, Luver, that's the problem. The skill system doesn't allow for that. How they apply suits to skills and modules and shit like that. Yeah, basically, in, in EVE, the ship 
modifies the effect of the skill, where in Dust, the skill modifies its effect on the suit, which is problematic because the skills become very specific to a certain suit, and you can't have you know, secondary bonuses that apply to a different version of the same suit. Like, if you had, like, a Type 2 Caldari Assault, you couldn't give it a different skill bonus um, with the Caldari Assault skill. It would have to be an entirely different skill. Um, it's totally backwards from how it is in EVE, and it's been something I've been harping about since closed beta, I think. The design freedom that they would get if there was some way to unring that bell, but I, I think it may be it may be down to the actual the way that UE3 works, unfortunately. They would have to like redo pretty much the entire thing in Katma, which would be quite annoying, I would imagine. And cost prohibitive, I'm sure. Yes. Annoying as in cost prohibitive and takes a lot of time. Okay, guys. Now, all right, let's theorycraft here. Supposedly they're working on Legion. Maybe they can actually fix this thing. That Legion we're talking dead. about right now. Rest in pieces. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not putting any any hope in Legion. I, I just pretend it doesn't exist, and if it happens, that's cool. But uh, yeah, dust is dust. Well, we have one I CPM would, here. I, would, knows, I would totally but... play a CCP card game based on uh, infantry, though. <laughs> it's, it, I, I, I have <laughs> heard that. Is that the match three game? Damn it, CCP changing your mind. I think that well, I mean, we, we've already proven that that CC that, that Eve Legion is indeed a strategy-based card game. that's a mix of Dungeons and Dragons and, and something else. I, I forget. But I would I would play that. I'm I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, it actually, has, it actually has a LARPing element to it as well. It's why Denny Fleetfoot has been behind this whole this whole movement for a long time. He's been cheerleading just for, for Legion. Just copy and turn it into an Eve version. That would actually probably do pretty well, honestly. I'd play True. it. Well, Eve's had a card yep. game before. Yeah, but it's better if it's like an actual computer game like Hearthstone. It's more approachable, I think. I've actually, I, I yeah. have tried Hearthstone. I installed it because I wanted to see what it was, and then I, I, I installed it like eight, eight or ten months ago, and I still have not tried it. I've never even try opened it. the program. It's very fun. Yeah, it's very, very fun, and I never yeah. liked card games. So yeah, guys. Anyway, uh, well, we could call it Legion, or we could call call it Dust Five One Four PS Four Edition. You know, if they can take this aspect and think, you know, to put those attributes to the suits instead of to the skills, you know, there may be time to do a 2.0 of Dust on a, another system, even if it's a PS4. At this point, the vibe that I'm getting is that it's the most likely outcome will, would be if uh, Dust goes to x86 architecture, that it would be via the uh, Unreal 4 engine, whatever, yeah, but... that, whatever that entails in terms of changing the base of the game and, and how the game works and all that stuff. They'll probably have to rewrite a lot of it, which would be a perfect opportunity to change some things if they're I mean... already at it. Yeah, it, it comes down to basically, you know, how much money is CCP willing to actually put into a project like that of, of moving it over to a new platform? And would it actually be a port or would it be a rebuild or a partial rebuild? Um, I, I think a port is far more likely. I don't know if they're going to want to put many resources into changing core systems. I imagine well, the skill system is pretty... Now, yeah. dust with 60 FPS, which, you know, that's enough for me to continue playing it. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, I was I was telling Kane the other day that I'm I'm 
literally using my PS3 for dust only, and it's an old fatty PS3. Like it wants to die, it wants to go and into a little pine box and, and never be seen again. So, if they can move dust onto a new platform, whatever it is, you know, just off the PS3, I would be great. Because if that thing dies, I don't want to buy a new one just to play a free-to-play game. Pretty much my position. Yeah, I'm in the same place. Like, Dust is the only thing I really play on the PS3. And, I mean, the other day, the fan started sounding like a turbo turbo engine, so I'm a little concerned. Clean it! Clean it! I, yeah, I clean, clean mine it. regularly. Wait, it's, wait, it's scary. Are you telling me there's too much dust on my PS3? Hey. Yes. Hey. yes I am. <laughs> Guys, you, oh you have to use a vacuum cleaner uh, per Sony. I, I've called them. You gotta take a vacuum cleaner and suck that, that a, thing out. That is Do not really, blow. Do not that is blow a it. Really, really bad idea. Well, that's what they told me. No, no, you're not supposed to use vacuums in in electronics. Um, vacuums create uh, will create short circuits. You will fry a you can fry a computer if you vacuum inside it. Correct. Like that's that's a serious thing. You can look it up online. Oh, it's, hello, it's, Iron Wolf. Um, it, a vacuum will allow electricity to jump the gaps between um, between conductors, and it it will cause a very bad day for your electronics. I just have a, a bizarre there, there are there are ESD vacuums you can use for electronics. I just had a yeah, bizarre uh, image but, though of a canned air that's actually canned nothingness, so it sucks things into itself. But just just like yeah, don't I I, I just <laughs> I don't want someone listening to this podcast to be like, okay, the biomass folks said go vacuum out your PS3. I did it. Now it doesn't work. Don't do that. Stop no, what you're doing before you open yeah. up your you're, PS3 you're and stick it back stop in our yeah. plan to get everyone to go yeah. to PS4. We can get Dustin <laughs> to PS4. <laughs> there, there you go. Guys, back yeah. in your PS3s. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just telling you what I heard from, from Sony when I had a problem with my one PS3. When, when exactly has Sony had good ideas? <laughs> yeah, that's right. when, when was well, that guys, that Sony had good ideas? It's been a right. while, man. Yeah, so, so they told me, don't use canned air on it. And it's like, man, you, how do we clean it? <laughs> you know? That's like what oh, candor is for. I don't, I don't know why? why they would tell you not to use candor. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's, it's a weird, sure, it's a weird configuration, but it's basically a computer. And there's a reason that you use candor for computers and not vacuums. And the PS3 is so easy to open. All you need is a, the tool, the specialized tool, and you open it and it's like, like Legos. It's very easy to open. Not like a laptop that taking it apart is an art. I can I can take apart a laptop and put it back together in about an hour. You have it in my laptop. I can I can well maybe it depends. You you might have one of those goofy stupid ones that's glued together, but in most cases take it apart put it back together in an hour. It's fun. I've I've done it a lot though, so that's why. Yeah, I think the PS3 is like one screw basically holding the faceplate on and it just slides off and everything's in there. It's it's actually really surprisingly simple inside. There are four screws under the stand, and there's a screw under the, uh, what call it, the drive. Oh, come on, I forgot the name of that. The thing where it's our disks. That, uh, that place has a specialized screw that you need a special thing to remove. You remove that, you open it, and you basically have an open PS3. Which does void your warranty, I believe. What warranty? How many, how many PS3s are actually still under manufacturer warranty? Hey, hey, you know, some people buy that super ultra extended warranty, you know. Oh, we need to, Iron Wolf to, in, to introduce himself. Yes, yes, uh, we have a, a new challenger has appeared, uh, Iron Wolf Saber. 
Hello, I'm Iron Wolf Saber, a member of CPM1 and former uh, aviation electrician, so. Well, there you go, guys. He's a freaking expert. <laughs> yeah. So, so what were we talking about? Skins or something like that? Kind of lost our direction. Oh, that's right. We're talking about how skills are applied to drop suits and why it's terrible yeah, yeah, and needs to change. Yeah. Actually, that was a game design decision. We had it during closed beta in, in that manner, where uh, certain vehicles would actually require multiple skills. Yeah, that 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 is true. Um, but game design streamlined it so that it will be a little bit more um, sensical for a um, new player to approach um, Dust Five One Four. Yeah, but the problem is how they implemented it means that you can't apply skills from multiple. So Caldari assault. Yeah. You, Cal, one, you can't have two different types of Caldari assault suits. One that gets a bonus to the rail rifle, and one gets that gets a bonus to like you know something else. From what oh, skill? we got more than one assault rifle. It's just, it makes me sad that, that if that was a game design decision, that makes me very sad-faced. I guess what you could do, which just you add a secondary bonus. Uh, yeah, you put just a little bit. Go ahead, Cross. What? No. I'm a Introduce ghost. Yourself. I don't talk. Come on. Intro. No one knows me. Intro. Fine, fine, fine. I'll actually do this the real way. I'm Cross the Two, a member of CPM1 and OSG Planetary Operations, and I am late to the show because someone else was doing a radio show with his laptop. Uh, so so they're they're cheating on us then? Someone someone stole his mic. I'm just incredibly open minded is all. Oh okay. Well as long as, long as... <laughs> uh, but yeah, welcome. So I guess what you could do is you could add a secondary bonus to like the assault suit to give it a a different bonus for a different weapon, which wouldn't really open up a secondary suit, but it would make it a little more wide-reaching in terms of what the bonus would affect. Uh, I guess is an option, but again, it's just like Iron Wolf said that we have the requirements for multiple skills to use something, but I don't think they applied bonuses back then. They were just requirements to actually unlock other skills. Yeah. if I'm correct. Yeah. So I'm not sure if the ability to actually just, have cross skills delete command efforts and give assaults the uh, the additional light weapon slot and be done with it. Well, well, we do. We still do have. Um, I say that just to mess with Pokey, though. I, I know he does. Go ahead, Wolf. Well, we can still cleverly still apply skills from multiple um, skill books. Still, for example, we have armor modules. You get armor uh, fitting optimization as well as their own non skill use. Question, but. But overall, no, the process no. of redoing the entire skill tree to account for multiple skills will be a major pain in the ass. I don't think Rattati has time for all of that. It's so yeah, multiple yeah. skills, but just at one skill doing multiple things is what we're getting at. Yeah, like in well, ships, that should be, you can have, that be one, skill. You can okay, have well, one skill that uh, changes across uh, ships it does. Right, like you check a, like say so put it this way, you check the Caldari assault suit, and the Caldari assault suit would actually say by training that you know when you train this skill, like every level of this skill and this skill gives me this bonus. Other than when you look at the skill, and the skill says every level of me gives you this bonus and this bonus. I guess what you could do is just using pirate suits as an example, you could say. Uh, you know, Caldari Assault skill gives this bonus for Caldari Assault suits, and then it gives a different bonus for Garista suits or Mordu suits um, on the skill. It won't say it on the suit itself, but I guess the effect would be the same, assuming that it, it can work that way and affect different types of suits. If they could change it to the suit itself, though, it would just... Oh, man. 
Because think about it. Think about how many balanced times they've tried to balance things, and it's been they have to go back and change the skill. So like the skill itself loses or gains its utility during balance passes, rather than uh, maybe variations of suits gaining or losing utility during ba- balance passes. Thinking, I, I suppose yeah. the effect would be I, similar, though. I don't. I don't think that within the code, at least as it was explained to me back in the beta phase, I don't think that that's a plausibility without reworking it from a pretty basic level. Yeah, that's, that was kind of my understanding of the system as well. It's kind of it was like this when we got here. Yeah, yeah. That Ritali has said that that will be on his tombstone. Um, there's an easy workaround, at least for things like pirate suits. However, it doesn't provide the same dynamic flexibility for other things, unfortunately. But for something like that, you can simply have another tab for those skills, you know, the cross-class type things, and add a new skill that has the previous two books, like Kaldari and Galente or whatever the combination may be, as requirements, and then have whatever that new skill entry is, apply the bonuses that you want, and it's a fairly direct, straightforward thing to do. Yeah, it's a workaround. Drop suit command four and Grishasam assault suit one. Unlock the skill that does the thing that you actually wanted to do. Yep. Still makes me sad faced. Yeah, yeah, but I unfortunately at this stage with the given resource, we might have to go with you know workarounds. If it gets the desired effect, even if it's not exactly pretty, it you know it gets the desired effect, which sucks, but is the reality of it. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, eighty twenty rule. If you can get eighty percent of the effect with twenty percent of the effort, it's probably better than ninety percent of the effect with you know. 90% of the effort. You just don't want to have things that are too cartoony and, and off the wall. I, I really hate heavy-handed balancing well, passes. That Which is why Myos needs stacking penalties. To its current I, state, so... Myos are great. Get away from my Myos. They're great. They're fine once they have proper stacking penalties. Kane just wants to have his... Uh, his five Myos, and then put a jump pack on when those come out, and then just launch into orbit and, and take out the U-ship himself. Yes, because I'll be I'll have enough strength with the Myos to punch through the hull. <laughs> we won't get an orbital cannon. I'll make myself into an orbital cannon. We'll also have the effect that if you have too many Myos on, it actually makes your muscles bulge out of the suit and your hitbox increases proportionally. <laughs> <laughs> so the scouts look like heavies as they're bouncing around. Can you imagine a master of scouts in the side of a heavy? A gorilla jumping 30 feet in the air. <laughs> hey, hey, I tell you, on a on a real note, I I like the Kaldari Heavy with four complex uh, hand-to-hand mods on it. Uh, man, I just love jumping around with the forge gun and assault rifles. Well, it actually works I pretty like well with the... Uh, <laughs> if you use the breach uh, forge, you can actually then move fairly well, because you can hop, you just can't walk for some they reason. Really, they really just need to just go and like make it to where the breach forge gun creates a 90% move reduction rather than 100% move reduction. And I mean that or take away the little jump thing, but that's just a whole pet, that's a whole pet peeve that I've had. Like the whole, ugh. Well, considering that the, the gun isn't really that great to begin with, except in very specialized situations, I don't think easing up on that movement reduction a little bit would exactly break the game. But anyways, what else are we going to talk about? So should we dive into PC, or is that going to turn into a fiasco that's going to last an hour? That's 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 a whole episode. That's two, that's yeah. a two oh, hey guys, hey you guys, guys you're so don't be afraid. Hey guys, can I ask one question? Oh, all right, um, the the lore 
and the feel of New Eden in our games. Uh, is there any way that uh, the developers can actually put on, uh, let me see, the buildings that go in the, the slots in the map, paintings or posters or things that relate to that region of space. If you're in Mimitar space, have on the wall uh, advertisements for Mimitar corpse or or ships or things. If you're in Amar space and you're fighting, on some of the walls you you would have religious uh, items or pictures of the Empress or whatever to increase the feel of the immersion of the game. You know that that'd be pretty expensive. I mean, you you need um you you first of all you need art teams working on that stuff, and teams. you would need like a socket type of thing for that almost you, you kind of have like mini sockets to put art on that's more textures you're loading into the client um so just i i really don't have this many pro this many problems with this map but imagine your your galante research facility with um a ton of extra te textures loading on it yeah well, plus it might be a little strange it, it might be a little strange to see you know, Amar things hanging. Amar religious symbols on the Galante facility. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> regardless of the area of space, you, I I'd imagine that the whatever you had in there would match the the race of the structure you're in. So, which is basically what we have now. So I, I, I mean, don't know if that would yeah. make much sense. In the future, there is a lot of stuff I would love to see be more dynamic on maps, but you know that that's not going to happen on the PS3. I'd love like one of those irksome things is I I can't buy that this is you know. Uh, these are all different, you know, the same basic structure on like five different planets because all of the crates are in the same spot. Why would all the crates be in the same spot? You know, mix some mix some variety in the, into that sort of stuff. I would um, like the crates if they were actors. You can push them around with the HEV. Sure, sure, you should be able to push them around. I, I like some of the some of the maps have like cargo vehicles. I don't know why you can't like move them around a bit, drive them. Physics. Um, you might destroy them. Destroy them, sure. Um, but you know that's all. That's all outside what we can do with with the PS3. I want to be able to fire up the uh, partially completed war barges and so forth. Just glass a squad the, who's in the, the wrong place. The rocket on uh, on Ashland. Yes. Levolution is the term that I've heard get thrown around a bit for that kind of stuff. That's EA marketing. <sighs> there you go. That's that it was. But for Battlefield, that's the stupidest name they could have invented. Well, that's like, EA. Yeah, it's EA marketing. It's like really epic stuff too, like break down a dam. I mean, Clo close nah. a gate. You got to bear in mind nah. that's that's not just regular marketing. That's EA marketing. It's like a, it's, it's another level. It's a mutated version. Levolution. You can just close oh, a dang gate. Open a door on a dust map. Come on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Call of Duty's been doing that for a while. Yeah, Call of Duty's also got quote unquote levolutions. And they never called it that. No. Make a bus fall off. Yeah, you make a bus fall off of a, a cliff, that kind of stuff. Well, guys, well, what about uh, the change in the skybox? Would that affect the performance of the game? Skyboxes, I hear, are very performance cheap. I mean, but that's, that's I mean, I assume with a relatively static skybox. I don't know if you're trying uh, to... Most static skyboxes are 2D JPEGs. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, like the the, the, sta- the standard skyboxes that we have, those are incredibly cheap resource-wise. They they cost n- like nothing. I mean, but the original the Eve sky not as much. Oh, I've heard that the original Eve skybox were um was originally sourced from four terabyte models of the of the various nebulas, 3D models, and they flew a camera around in it and uh, took pictures to make the 2D skybox that's in all the regions now. That's awesome. So instead of having four terabytes of uh, nebulas, you got a uh, really small JPEG. Another thing you could do, which actually would make a lot of sense, is uh, if uh, on a PC map, if the corporation owns the district, they could have banners hanging in the district displaying the corp logo. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would actually hang, make sense. Hang out in your corp war barge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, since all war barges have a giant Kaldari banner hanging there, would be actually pretty cool if you could you could have that be uh, corp specific and kind of instill that sense of core pride with the, the logo and whatnot. Be able to change the banner type, too. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's a lot of stuff that would be cool, but, uh, you know, it's it's likely a lot not, of resource costs without the, really much gain. Not the best use of our limited development resources. Oh, dude, how about the April, how about the April Fool's uh, post? That was pretty fun. I didn't um, actually that see that one. What was uh, it? Frame, frame did a... Uh, like a, it was kind of like a, uh, what would it be like, an Instagram type of thing? Um, different, different filters and stuff. Filters you could put on dust, and some of them were like, you know, try hard and, you know, proto, stuff like that. Several days yeah. afterwards, I had people coming up to me like, is this real? Uh, did they really do this? Like, d- no. They, <laughs> no, the yeah. best. I want um, the proto stomp filter. I want to be able to turn that on. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so. I think the the official the the official loser at April Fools was uh, I think it was Pyrex who did the whole platform change thing that was just just badly chosen. Um, I thought it was his um the game is good post. I I don't recall. The, there that post. there were several volleys of it. Um, okay, I'm sure he tried really really hard to be funny. Um, but no, the best the best April Fool's joke to me was actually, and and I think it probably went a little over the line since it went with it, it, you know it used our real life info and stuff. But um, Jadik actually made like a fake profile for CCP Rotati and copied like his entire LinkedIn profile into it word for word, <laughs> and then inserted a couple <laughs> of extra jokes and then showed him <laughs> moving to Riot as a junior financial analyst. I still have people wanting to. There's still people out there that want to create a Riot Corp in game, say, and have the uh, corp description be Feeder Corp for uh, the uh, CCP's Feeder Corp. Not that you know what I mean. Reverse that. <laughs> yeah, reverse that. I'm sure CCP would love to be uh, getting a lot of Riot employees, but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no. But no, it it was clever and it it was uh, it was well well put together. Um, I I thought Jadik must have spent a, a decent amount of time working on it. Um, it. It was pretty funny. I guess we should bring up. Uh, we'll we'll save the PC discussion for for another episode since we're already past the one hour mark. But uh, for those of you who don't frequent the forums but listen to the show. There is Rotati set up a uh, planetary conquest think tank. Um, so if you visit the forums, I think the thread is under GD uh, general discussion. And basically, uh, if you're a CEO of a corporation, you can send in an email, and he will uh, basically he's he's setting up groups of people to talk and discuss about PC and 
all the aspects of the rework and whatnot. So you should get your email in soon. I imagine he wants to get started pretty quick here. So uh, check out the general discussion on the forums and, and get in that thread and get your email in if you want to be involved in that discussion if you're a CEO. And a, a note on that, if you're not a CEO, but you are the point person for your corp for PC, harass your CEO to get clearance to do it and go take their place because it's not supposed to be exclusively CEOs. It's whoever's most in charge of that for your corp. It's just a matter of not wanting to have, you know, the entire A-team from every corp wanting a seat at the table and the whole thing becoming a circus. Sounds good. Was there anything else on that cross but that you guys know as CPM in terms of what's going on with that or are we just in preliminary stages right now? That's, I mean, that's the big thing is just the, to get you know, a, a sit-down meeting to talk with with these different groups or representatives of, the, of these different groups, and uh, you know, get that that just one other additional avenue of feedback. Yeah, this is CCP Ritati being a workaholic and devoting more time to dust than is probably healthy, because all of this came about due to him working over the weekend while he even had company for part of the time, as I understand it. So he was playing with a spreadsheet in real time and discussing ideas. And eventually was like, you know what? This should happen. Let's do this. So it's very preliminary stages because almost all of it was formed while he was not even at work or technically working. I, I, I wonder like, what, what's it like a dinner party like at, at Ritati's place? You're, you're, go, you're there, you're at dinner and suddenly there's like paper, paper copies of spreadsheets, like covering the table. And just, I, I, I just, I could picture of tablets spread out across the sure. table. Sure. Well, he does play tabletop 40k, so I'm sure that there's a lot of that sort of thing that can go on. I know from my days doing that, there were definitely books and figurines spread everywhere over tables. So. People probably get presents from Ritati at Christmas time, and they're wrapped in printouts of various dust spreadsheets and instead of actual paper. <laughs> you get the special presents if you can recognize what the spreadsheet is telling you before you unwrap it. <laughs> it's it's all in code. <laughs> Yeah, pretty funny. It's just one of those things. I, I think that folks sometimes don't realize exactly how much above and beyond the current Dust team really goes. Just the, the number of times that I have had them contact me, and, and by me I really mean the CPM, not just me exclusively, um, over the course of weekends and holidays and so forth, or where they have other projects going on just on their own time because they are so focused on actually working on the game that it doesn't end when they leave work. As I always say, you can look at Ritati when he's working at 4am his time on something. This is what sickness looks like. This is what addiction looks like. You know, it honestly, the, the level of devotion to the game is as cross put uh, pushing the unhealthy levels. It's, it's, it's pretty insane how much he actually over time he puts in from even what little uh, exposure I've had to Ritani. I'm sure the CPM sees it even more so the, the amount of work he puts in. So, you know, well, not even once <laughs> pretty much. It, it really is an addiction though. I mean, anyone who, who plays the game can know there's something about it that makes you care more than you probably should. And I think when you're in the middle of it, like Ritani is, it's, it's just, it's off the charts. So, you know, props to the props to that guy for for all the work he does. It probably also explains why he gets so crabby when people bitch at him on the forums, and he's like, "Just shut up! <laughs> you have no idea." See, I have been up for literally sixteen hours working on this. If you can't be civil to me, I'm going to go have a cup of coffee coffee instead of listening to you. 
Goodbye. That's that's I mean that's that's my favorite thing about him is you're you're very rarely getting much of a filter from him. That's it's it's not like you know he has to he he runs to PR to see if he can if he can say something. He just says crud all the time, and you are going to get some real emotion out of that. If you know, I, I'm not I'm not at all surprised if you know he he works his butt off at something and and you know for like a week and then someone's like this sucks. And you know, I'd snap back two at times. Well, I think well, that's a anyway, good thing, did I miss something because my computer blue screened for the first since I got it? We we were just um we were just uh, giving worship and praise to our Lord and Savior. Gaben? Uh, no, no, this is not Gaben. Um, Gaben is the Lord and Savior of the PC gamers, and we're dust players. <laughs> I thought he was the devil, according to some folks. Depends on perspective. Some folks are Eric's. Maybe it's because I don't do the whole PC versus console thing, but I have not even the faintest idea who that is. You do not. You do not know the love of Gaben. Oh God! Just, just tell him. <laughs> uh, for a while, there was a problem with uh, trying to sell computer games at a store. They were not buying too much shelf space. And it became a really big problem for PC gamers because um, you go to the store and there's console, 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 okay, console, it, console, and no I, PC this games. Is, this is like a five-mile thing. Okay, Cross, Gaben or Gabe Newell owns Valve, which makes Steam. Gaben is the lord that brings us Steam, which brings us games. And he does these things called the, sp- the summer sale, where games are very cheap. All right, so I just hadn't heard the nickname. Also, I don't use Steam because yeah, they make me yeah. throw up in my but, mouth a but little. No, so we we were we were uh, worshiping and praising our Lord Rotati when you when you were gone. All right. Did you know Origin invalidates your games if you upgrade too much? Did you know I don't use that piece of dread either? Good, because I haven't been able to get a single game to work on it yet. Oh, Origin works. <laughs> Origin works great. There's actually a few things that I like about Origin better than Steam, but it's, you know, there's like hit misses on each. Within 48 hours, you can uh, get a refund for the game. If, for example, it's not. Oh no, it's not just 48 hours. I think it's I think it's seven days now with Origin. It's uh, seven days if you never install it. Uh, yeah. Uh, four hours if you just seven open days it from purchase stuff, or it doesn't work. Or 48 hours from from run. Um, yeah. Steam has no uh, Steam on the on the opposite end of things has no refund policy. If you're if for example you buy a game that does not run on your your OS because it's a cruddy XP game, you're up creek. And if it does not work on Origin, you just return it and they give you your money back. No so question. Where, whereas GOG has that policy, but it's for thirty days and yeah. all the well, games are well, DRM GOG, free. GOG is better than all of the above, but GOG doesn't get all of the the like top end games they get stuff like that's well past its normal life or is indie and doesn't subscribe to the homogenization of triple a titles that too okay well back yeah, to dust. i mean it... that was that was right, quite back the diversion back to dust yes yeah so uh yeah anyways should, should so... we um should we discuss our thing we we have our, we, our announcement we... We we probably should. We're at the hour fifteen minute mark. Are, are, are you are you pregnant? <laughs> are you are you getting divorced? He's he's having ferrets, baby ferrets. Oh God! This guy's on bowling team now, dude. I'm I'm gonna have a like. This is gonna be one of those episodes. I'm gonna have a hard time picking a name for the episode because there were just so many hilarious little things that could have been. This is why we can't have nice um, things. 
yeah. This is what happens so, when Jason isn't here. That the episode just goes completely insane. It, it's just off. The, we're we're off the rails. We are so far off the rails this week. It's not even funny. We're not even on the right day. For gosh sakes, it's Monday, by the way, for those listening on iTunes. Um, for me, it's Tuesday. So, um, yeah, Pokey, why don't you pitch it? Okay, so yeah, we uh, decided to redo the biomass website because it was kind of cruddy and thrown hey, together. There's Jason. Seriously. Yeah, he'll be here in a minute. He's in. Oh. He, he heard how far off the rails it's gone. <laughs> oh my God. He must fix it. He's, he's coming in to save us from ourselves. He's been, he's been listening guys, and he's put on steel-toed boots now. <laughs> just, just stop, don't, guys. Just stop. Anyways, don't, Jason. don't make me pull the car over. He's here. He's here. Get quiet. Hide the boots. Shh. Hide. Hide. Act hey, natural. Hey, Jason. We uh, we weren't doing anything weird. I promise. I have no worries right now. Why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, I'm Jason Larison. I'm one of the uh, co-hosts when I show up on the show. And uh, I work with the OCA operations on uh, Dust and Fly with Agony Unleashed on the Eve side. And I just literally just came in from the, uh, from the air, well, not really an airport, but an airfield. So I had a very long day. <laughs> Well, we're actually wrapping things up pretty quick here, but we are about to talk about the uh, changes to the website. So, um, yeah, basically we, we've updated the biomass website, biomass.net, uh, and also soon to be biomass.com because Zell put, paid way too much for the yeah, domain name, but we I, have it now. <laughs> it was, you know, so the, the way this works, by the way, is, is just random sidebar on, on biomass.com, which should, if all things go well, be ours in a couple of days. Um how how this works is there's um when you own like a .net or a .org or something like that and the .com expires you'll get like a spammer trying to who wants to like massively upsell the cost who will email you asking if you're interested and I never I never respond to them because those spammers have a huge markup but it's a nice notification I actually find those spammers helpful cuz they tell me oh I might actually want to do this and then I just go to GoDaddy and do it um but I I bid on this and it was. It, it had no other bids. I bid. I waited till like you know shortly before, and five minutes before the end of the auction, it was going to be twelve dollars. Someone bid up to a hundred and fifteen, um, and or at least uh, you know that I just saw one bit. You know, one bid up. But um, I my competitive nature kicked in. I wasn't going to let the bid sniper do it. I I ended up all said and done. I paid a hundred and thirty three um, dollars for biomass dot com. Um, Hear the so, shame in his voice. Hear it. Yeah. it <laughs> I've, I've never spent that much on a domain name in my life, and I, I do feel some shame. But I wasn't going to... This is I what sickness looks like. I was, yes. <laughs> I wasn't going to let him win, and, and it, is, it is ours. But uh, So anyways, back to the topic. Um, we have a blog. Um, we need writers. We're 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 gonna we're gonna do a blog. We're gonna try and cover dust stuff. There's there's a little bit of Eve stuff, maybe some Valkyrie stuff, other CCP stuff. I'll, I might throw in some Star Citizen. Who knows? We'll we'll try and keep it interesting. Um, but uh, we're we're gonna need some help getting getting blog authors and and people to to write articles. So contact us if you're interested. Oh oh, a promotion right now appeared. Dust. Oh, okay, wow. yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess there's a, a new promotion for, uh, for for Dust right now. I guess 14 days long, it's going to be uh, 25% off the twenty-two five uh, the 225,000 Orem pack, a uh, 
discount on the Quaif Commando suits and a uh, plus 25% loyalty point booster, which would go well with the event, which we'll talk about in a second. But yeah, uh, we need writers for the uh, the blog. So if you guys are interested, contact us. You can go to biomass.net or .com soon. Click on the content tab, or the contact us tab, and you can get our emails, and you can message any of us, and we'll we'll get you set up. I know Zell has a a system he's he's using for for all it's, of this. It's it's uh it's pretty simple. You know, people will uh you you'll be set up as a contributor there. You'll be able to write the articles, and then one of us who will act as editors um will go ahead and approve them for posting and and post them. Um, but, uh, you know, and it can be pretty varied. It can be, you know, we're going to need to cover the actual news of the day that, that comes through from CCP. And we're also going to have opinion posts, um, of which I wrote one. Yeah, you can talk about that briefly if you want. Then. Briefly, briefly. Jason's going to tell me how much he doesn't like my, my document. Um, no. <laughs> um, no, uh, Kane but, will do that this time. Jason will do it later. Oh, I got both. That's right. I have both Kane and Jason in here. So um, basically, I wrote up a thing. Um, it is uh, basically a list of, of my personal thoughts on what I think we should do to modify the CPM white paper um, based on lessons learned from this year um, and and just some minor housekeeping notes. Um, some of the biggest items would be that uh, I, know, I know that the CSM this year um, – has reduced its age age requirement to 18 or legal adulthood if you're if you're uh, in a country where it's higher than 18 um, as opposed to the current 21 that's on our CPM white paper um, and one of the other big things is uh, to, to kind of work with is term the term limit definition is um, somewhat it, it, in one place, it's I think it's too strict, and in one place, it's too ambiguous. It says it should be like exactly twelve months, and then it also says, but with whatever you know, reasonable accommodations that CCP feels necessary, or something like that. Um, and I think that that should probably be better defined. Um, and then the other thing that was on there that was kind of my big thoughts is that uh, obviously we have not had a CPM summit this year. Um, that I think has has certainly hurt um, us. It's hurt the community. Um, I, I think the the notion of minutes from a summit is very valuable, particularly early on in the uh, term of a CPM. It would be it would be to me an ideal situation if even if we didn't if we didn't get out to make a physical summit, that there was an option that there was an, an option to do it as a virtual summit instead, but with the same sort of reporting and minutes requirements as a physical summit to make sure that we don't get we don't lose out on that summit opportunity because we're waiting to get to the physical summit if you give ccp an out they'll take it here's the thing they don't have they they don't have an out right now and they took it anyways (laughs) (laughs) so so i i mean we're you know um as they don't exactly have an in either as 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 Ritati noted um, during uh, FanFest, you know the the likelihood of us getting a, a summit this term is not not fantastic. Well, um, and obviously, I would like to have have had something this year, and I think that we we did have of a sort early on in the year. We had kind of what I I referred to as a mini summit. We had a bunch of meetings with them back to back in short order. Um, but it wasn't really officially a summit, so there wasn't that that requirement that there be, you know, the the minutes and the the, 
the stripping those of NDA information so they can be publicly presented to everyone. And I think it would have been far better off if we did have that. I think the 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 face to face summit is something that's very important to to still strive for. I see this more as you know CCP kind of being in a weird spot with dust, uh, you know, financial issues notwithstanding. But I think moving forward, though, it's still important to have the face to face summit at the beginning of the term, so you can build those real human connections between the CPM and the CCP. We've been very lucky to start off with because um, CPM zero ended up Got going to fan, to fan fest. Yes. Yeah, went to fan fest twice, but and so we ended up with that very first face to face meeting with most of the crew, uh, most of the dust uh, team that can. I mean, granted, some of them stopped, uh, didn't continue to work for CCP. Um, but then we also did have the advantage of a lot of CPM one members attending FanFest 2014, um, either via CPM zero, uh, such as with Iron Wolf, or uh, via like you know just people jo- uh, coming along yeah. like Kevil and and. Um, Funny enough, the people who went who went the previous year to FanFest were the CPM one who didn't come to like all of the CPM one who didn't go to FanFest this year were at FanFest last year. So everyone on CPM one has met everyone. Yeah, and you just can't, you're not going to always be able to count on that kind of luck in terms of people getting that face-to-face meeting, building up oh, those sure. relationships. And, that, and that's just my, that's my concern. I would rather it's have a, it in the paper, the, have it in the white paper, and then CCP explain why it didn't happen this year. Yeah, well, and I mean, I, I, I fully think that it should, I, and I, I absolutely you know, would love to hear suggestions on how to word it. I would love to, I, I would not want to say that it should be easy to pass on having a summit, um, but that there should at the very least be the, that we should have something. We, we, um, we have to have something. The way I would well, do it. Let me ask you a question. So, <clears throat> since well, I, I let, know. Let, let Kane no, give his piece. Sure. The way I would do it is make it to where you always have the option to uh, to create minutes for a meeting, which then CCP goes and strips NDA information from. So it's like a switch that the CPM can opt to flip with in, consult- in consultation with CCP. So let's say you have your little digital summit. So you flip the switch to 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 log the minutes and have CCP review those minutes. Okay. You know, you know, guys. My question is. Now, last year, Mike Azariah was in charge of the dust uh, part of EVE, and none of those minutes were released at all. So, are, is the C- CSM, they, they'll, are they'll, they actually getting they'll never a be dust? <laughs> are they getting a dust anything that our guys are not getting? No. No. That, that um, you know of. There, <laughs> there, reasons that those minutes were not released they don't i mean i don't think they would necessarily be the most harmful thing ever to have those minutes actually come out but there's a lot of stuff that was just talked about that's just i mean it would confuse people because it just wouldn't apply i'm i mean the the thing is is they like that was in you know in in one particular summit they did have a desk session and the cpm or the cpm zero were present for that um but like the the summits since then have not had anything dust related on the agenda still think that it was like one of the things they actually included the cpm in most of the sessions for the summit i still think that's something that's worthwhile for the cpm to be able to listen in on 
as a as a matter of getting a feel for the CSM procedures and stuff like that. In a lot of ways, that would be my kind of solution to what we've faced as far as getting a summit now is just set it up so that it is attached to and or around FanFest because there's already the infrastructure. Devs are going to be there right. anyway. Now, you can get the FaceTime. Work well for CPM0. But many of the it problems was, are to do with the fact that it's Shanghai. Yeah, like, it, it, it's the problems were not because it was FanFest. It was because someone didn't, you know, people didn't actually set aside the time to actually execute um, the plans for FanFest and stuff like that. It's a lot easier, uh, both because of the way getting into China works and stuff like that. It's a lot easier to fly people to Iceland than it is to fly them to Shanghai. Yeah, and in some cases less expensive but as well. But I want to go to Shanghai. Iceland is pretty cheap, though. That, that's that's true. Hey, guys. So, my, my question uh, here is, so RCPM is listening in on the CSM. Okay, now, you may have more information on how the process works if no Shanghai devs also participate in listening in on how things are done. So there is this disconnect. You may be more up to date on how the whole CSM and the devs things work together if these Shanghai devs don't participate in listening in also. Well, well you, you have two problems is um, that, uh, you know, one, it's, it's in some cases it's more of a, it's more of a cultural difference in that, um, you know they're they're not used to working with uh, players in that process, and the other thing you have to bear in mind is that a lot of the devs in Shanghai do not speak English and cannot understand the summit. Ding chong, ding dong. also know that at the time that the C, uh, the CPM zero was uh, uh, sat in on the CSM summit, uh, there were actually there was actually a lot more shared devs between the studios at that time. And more plans for more connection between the games. Jason, you were saying something earlier. Uh, yeah, I was just it just I I tend to agree a little bit with Kane on this is that it's it would be a lot better to retain a higher standard in your white paper and then because you have a little bit in negotiating power is very relative in this kind of relationship, but um, the reality is they would have to ha- at least engage you in some, some form of conversation you think about why you're not having a summit of some form, and then you could probably be in a little bit better position to, to bring them down to the virtual summit like you were talking about or whatever, as it, it, if they decided to not have a summit at all, you could squeeze that out of them. Because here's the reality. It was written in, in your current white paper to have a, an in-person summit, right? That's yes. correct. But you didn't have one. So if you write it That's in your summit, there. but if you write it in, in your in the white paper or you update the white paper where you even have a lower bar, they there's they don't really have to adhere to that either. Yeah. It's it's classic, you know, you basically you're negotiating for a weaker position because you've you've neutered the white paper. But remember the white paper is very much a, a relative construct. It's not a binding document, but what it allows you to do is the the only real leverage that you hold, uh, and you know is is effectively saying ccp you said that you were going to do this and you approved this white paper it's not even a roadmap or xyz you know from game design but you said you were going to talk to us as player representatives uh, and this is the format it was going to be in and now you're not doing it 
uh, that is ultimately about the only you know sort of public outcry is almost the only option that you really have that's that's like a feasible or practical option if things uh, you know were were to degrade in terms of a relationship. And it probably yeah, doesn't I mean, sound like it would right now because you have a good relationship with Rattati and Rouge and, and so yeah. And so I mean forth, that's that's I that's think personality I think, dependent. I think both you and Kane have a fair point on that, and and I am um, I agree with you. Um, uh, I'm I'm gonna go with that. I agree. Um, but uh, I do I do just want to note that uh, yeah we do we do actually have a very good relationship with um, everyone at, at uh, CCP Shanghai right now, and we're you know we we know what things what things are up and why it didn't happen. But it's you know I I want to make sure that my biggest thing is just ensuring that players have some sort of minutes documentation that's that's a, a mandate that that it it has to happen and that it's easily attainable to make sure that happens in the future um because that was a big failing uh during during the term of cpm on so um, did they give you a reason why you guys didn't do us on it hey guys how about i uh split the difference how about have the summit in hawaii it's it's in the middle of the Pacific. I, I'm actually I would be cool with that. I would take a flight to Hawaii. <laughs> that that's we should try that one. Zell, you would be more I'm, out of I'm, place in Hawaii than you were in Iceland. That is <laughs> that's true actually because in, in Iceland everyone's as pale as I am. So um, no, um, but no, that's funny. Did they give you a reason though for why you didn't have a summit? I would not be inclined to share that information. Is it you don't want to or is it in the A? I can't talk about that now. Yeah, it, it has been made clear. I'm actually completely comfortable with the reasons why, but they are definitely NDA. So <laughs> okay. And once Cross says it, now you'll believe it. No, not real. Oh, nobody, it's believe, not that, nobody believes it when I it, say it. It's not that I don't believe you. It's just, it, it further underscores the point of what, it, what exactly do you think the white paper is supposed to do? Like, what, what do you think the, the what do you think the that is actually supposed to achieve in terms of establishing and, and at least providing norms for the relationship between the pay, the player base, the player base's representatives, and the company with which makes the game that the players all play in. Well, I mean, it, it is, I guess, a, a, a guideline um, more than a rule. But the the uh, you know the idea being are we that, pirates now? I, that, that's that's the illusion I was making. Thank you for picking it up. Um, but I, I mean, the the goal should be to be something that that is you know is attainable to follow. And if it's if it's not being if it's not attainable, I want to make sure that we get something in its stead. But you know, it's it's just you know, it's it's a good point though. I I agree with uh, both of you that it really should keep keep in this in the in the white paper where it is that there there needs to be a physical summit and. If uh, you know if it's not possible, then we need to be um, negotiating for what we can provide players in alternative. Yeah, uh, which is not what not what happened in this in this year. And that's something you guys can negotiate outside of outside of the white outside of the yeah. white paper. Yeah, I, I I agree. The age thing was that does anything was it just because the CP, CSM did it or was that? That, that's, in, that's entirely um, just because the CSM did it. It made sense that the CSM did it. Um, it, it actually, like from from just like a, a random sidebar point, is as far as I know, because we're console players, and I think Eve has a fairly older player base. I think we may have like a younger average in general, so it's odd for them to have a, a lower age requirement than we do. Um, 
but it's just like it's our papers always you know was uh, in many degrees a, a mirror of the csm white paper or at least from the uh rule standpoints and it, it makes sense to me to make that change i mean i also put others like relatively mundane and and inane changes like there's a notation i think in there that um uh all C cpm ccp communications are supposed to be done via email or the forums and i'm like 98 percent of our communication is on skype so we probably should no, note see, that it's whatever you don't need to change the thing is it's an accountability document that stuff's mm -hmm. okay to have to have it's better to just leave it there. I understand where you're coming from. Well, no, it's it's not to say not to say that you would remove it, but to say that is is that it should be, you know, an agreed upon communication method more than a, a specifically dictated method that nobody is actually using. I mean, like I think I think the CSM started using like Slack or something, and Slack is a terrible thing that nobody should ever use. But whatever. Um, wait, wait, what? Say that again. Using Slack. Slack is terrible. No, but who's using it? I think the CSM started using Slack. I'm not oh, sure. God. No, no, no. Uh, what, what they use? They they have. I, I know they use. They started using Confluence. They use, right? yeah, yeah, they use Confluence, but they used to, they use Skype primarily. I mean, I I thought I heard something about Slack. I know I know there's yeah, no they, there's Slack the, channels in it, but no, it's not their primary mechanism of communication. Goonfeet moved to Slack, but that's all I, I know about I didn't Slack. Say primary, I said started using. Um, so I I don't know I don't know why you why anyone would ever get Slack but apparently some people did um, because it's trendy whatever you know you uttering the phrase I don't know why anyone would ever get Slack explains so much about a lot of the CSM meetings or the CPM meetings this year was there anything else you want to talk about your uh, your post Zell I think that was the bulk of it. Um, you know, leave feedback, leave comments on on biomass biomass.net. Um, you know, please please participate. We do need writers. Please volunteer to write articles. Um, we cannot pay you because we do not make any money. And I just sunk one hundred and thirty three dollars into a domain name. Um, but Sugar. the shame. Yeah, um, but uh, you know, it's it, Dust doesn't have like I, there used to be. I think more Dust blogs, and there really aren't now. I haven't heard anybody really doing a, a lot in the in the Dust blogging space, and so um, I, I think it's it's a little underserved right now. And I think we can do it. Um, you know, I, I my goal my goal if I was to try and sum it up is I would love to be able to say that we covered Dust as well as the Matani.com covers Eve. And that we cover Eve as well as the Matani.com covers Dust, which isn't very good. Yeah. Well, the, the point being that we've covered Dust very well and a little bit of Eve, as opposed to the the Matani, which covers Eve very very well and just has a little little bit of Dust. Oh, Soraya. Hey, uh, you think about putting a donate tab on your site? Uh, that way you can we, we, we have actually some discussed things. that um, we, we were talking about patreon and stuff but um, I I was unthrilled with the notion like um, I think I think the proposed concept was like the initial default that patreon suggests is like a dollar a month and then you find out that um, processing fees eats like 30 cents out out of a out of each transaction minimum so you're already losing a third of you're going to lose a third if people are putting in like a dollar a month. Um, so it's, I, yeah, I, I think it's definitely something we should probably open up because um, we do believe it or not have some pretty decent expenses. Um, 
between uh between those of us running this whole thing and uh but we we just haven't done it and and decided made a decision on it also if you want something on the site but don't want to do the actual writing you can also let us know um if there's any player run event or something going on uh, that uh, we have no issue putting that up on the site absolutely yeah like uh, send us send us emails hit us up on skype whatever we don't care just get in touch with us tell us do stuff we'll do it We'll do all sorts of stuff. We're, we we'll do whatever you want. <laughs> Don't tell him that. <laughs> Killer's like what <laughs> in the Skype channel? Um, but the, I'll actually use this as a segue because uh, I'll do a shout out for it right now. But apparently, there is a player run event happening during the event that's coming this week. Uh, Mobius is posted up on the forums, and I'll actually get a post on the blog about this. But I guess they're doing a. Uh, a cross stream or a combined stream event where they're going to be streaming. Never do that. Never cross the streams, but they're, they're going to try it. Um, where they're going to be streaming dust and Eve at the same time, uh, showing you basically the same battle from, from different perspectives. So that's going to be pretty cool. I'm going to get some links from them, uh, on where you can get those streams. We'll get a blog post up about that. So you guys can check it out. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be on during this coming event, which is starting on April 9th. On Friday. Is it, is it, is it Friday? I thought it was on the 9th it was starting. Thursday, the I 9th. I mean, uh, the stream. I'm pretty sure it starts on Friday. Oh, the stream. Oh, the stream starts Friday. Okay. Well, the event um, is a uh, LP event. It's starting on uh, Friday, April 9th. It's going to be running for a week. And I think it's uh, plus 50% LP. Am 25. I correct? 25. Plus 25. Okay. Plus 50, uh, the plus 50K isk for every win. It's not tied to your race like it was last time. Thank goodness. Okay, so yeah, you can get some uh, extra LP and some extra ISK from uh, from playing the game this coming week, and uh, that uh, streaming event will be going out at the same fact, time. So we should check that out. Be, uh, more more pleasing matchmaking wise during during uh, Facor events, so it should be more more actually more fun Facor than the usual drudgery of staring at the queue number. Hey guys, uh, you know we ought to uh, tell the other Eve podcasts about this because I know there's a lot of Eve pilots out there in faction warfare that do like to provide orbitals. So if there's going to be a lot more dust player base in faction warfare, they'll, they may have the opportunity to get some LP also by uh, doing orbitals. If we could let them know that. Yeah, we're attempting to do that on Eve. Mobius put up a post and uh, general discussions. Jay, 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 are you going on pod side this week? Uh, pr- Probably not. I gotta fly back out uh, tomorrow. Aww. Aww. Okay. Um, uh, wait, also, wait. I just checked. It's fifty percent increase to LP. So yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Hey, just a quick question: Has it been clarified? Like, do you, do you need to like ride one race or not? No, it just it should be just across the board benefits wins. for whatever your whatever faction you're playing. Yeah, just straight win. It's straight wins and straight LP bonus for whichever faction you play for. It's it's not faction tied, which is great. Woo-hoo. Okay. Well, no, I was just kind of curious because of the the little teaser post that Ritati put up about you know really wanting to save up your LP and all this other jazz. So uh, I I thought that alluded to one of two things. Either one, it was. Uh, you know, some sort of, you know, well, really more likely is maybe some sort of racial gizmo BPO suit we, or whatever at the end that they were going to cough up. We actually uh, talked about this earlier in the show. Uh, the Rotati also mentioned on the same day or similar or close to that, that they were talking about uh, LP skins. 
Wow. Okay. As infectional. Uh, like for their skins, skins and shit right. like that. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess that's a that's kind of a motivator. I mean, I'm... Yeah, whatever. Jay's heart just sunk. No, not really. <laughs> I, I would be more impressed if, if, if you would say something to the effect that there's going to be teams deploying Faction Warfare, but if it's just about skins, I mean, there's plenty of skins in the game. And I've, I've got... I've got more drop suits than I can wear at one time, so it's it's okay. This goes along with the new skin system that CCP is apparently working on, where you yeah. can apply it to anything. All have, you seen that, have you seen that thing in Sissy? That thing yeah. is shit hot. Wait, there we can actually see it now. It's the, the, Eve side. The, the Eve skin system. You can, yeah. you can see the you can see the oh. lettering and the descriptions of it. You can't actually see it. Yeah, see it. It's not yeah, that's yeah. what I was wondering. I knew we could see the the item in Sissy, but I didn't know if you could actually see it. Yeah, I think it's coming up pretty soon, like in the next week or two. But the, uh, the way that they're doing it is actually really, really smart because they're basically tying it to the player like a skill. And so it's it's effectively a license, but yeah, it's tied to you, not your ship. And that's a fucking genius way to do it. And it's uh, it's a it's pretty smart. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty excited to see them finally doing some of that sort of stuff. I think they should that that should have been something they should have had working years ago, and it's just well, you know, I mean, there's a lot of discussion about that. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if you're actually playing to win, you're generally so zoomed out of your ship, you'll never see it. The only time you see your ship is spinning it in station. But but again, I mean, you're not like you're you're zoomed out for big player fights, that sort of thing. That's not. I mean, that's that's the veteran experience. But the big thing for me with Eve is, is what new players see and feel and like not be like when you have a game that is so crippled that your ship is your character for all intents and purposes, not being able to customize that, that character at all is, is kind of rough. Um, you know, insert my comments about Incarna and why they should be working on it. But, um, yeah. And before they, no, put, they give on um, capsules drop suits without helmets before we get faces. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad to see, um, I'm glad to see the skin system, and I'm very excited about it for for both Eve and Dust. Um, Did you guys, by any chance, talk about the, uh, the parallels they've gotten, the proposed Sov change, and what Rotati put out in we terms have, of the we, framework? We totally didn't get to Sov, and we're already in. We we managed an hour and forty seven episode without touching Sov so far. No, um, I just wanted to know how far off the field that you guys went, and how little structure and content you were actually we providing. So my far, we went so far off field. We just we, still listen to the episode. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about cleaning PlayStation 3s with a vacuum. It, it was so. great, though. Yeah, we, we, we were sorry, seriously, what? like, we were talking about how far off the rails we were because Jay wasn't here. and then They he didn't showed walk. Up. They ran away from the PC discussion. They tabled it for next episode, sadly. Well, because it was, like, 45 minutes in, I knew it was going to be, like, an hour <laughs> discussion. <laughs> And we dear, and we hadn't God. talked about our we hadn't talked about the fact we had a blog yet and Jay wasn't here and he, Jay's got to get in on the whole you know so he can bring his Eve sob thing because you know he he likes to toot the Eve horn all the time. Uh, actually, my like the only thing I had on my agenda is, uh, was there was a pretty nice video put up by True uh, on Twitter about comparing Planet Side and Dust. Uh, he's in the uh, PS4 beta. He's put up a pretty nice video describing the customization options that you have for. Uh, infantry and vehicles and stuff like that, and uh, he he's got a pretty positive spin on Planet Side Two, at least the, the console version right now. I was kind of I was curious to actually see because I knew I didn't know Cat was going to be on tonight, but I, I know Cat is uh, involved in the beta as well, and I was kind of curious to hear your guys' thoughts on it. But, but we can save that for another time, you know, when we actually have an agenda and topics and shit like that. Well, the, uh, the agenda was going to be PC, but then it just 
turned into a mess. Yeah. <laughs> you guys might want to check your emails because they sent out a huge wave of codes. I got three codes myself for the beta, so. Yeah, I may have to like, dig into that. Now. Yeah, I've been hearing they've been going into spam folders, so check there as well. Yeah, uh, I have one spare code for EU if any of you guys want it. Okay, cool beans. Okay, well, um, PC and, and Saab aside, are there any other topics you guys wanted to, to tackle real quick? We're an hour and 50 minutes here, so we got to wrap this up soon. Okay, I'll take that as a no. So we'll probably move into shout-outs here. Uh, we'll just go from the top then uh, with Catmark. Yeah, shout-out Pokey and Cross, both for being one being late, one being large. And that's about it. Okay, Cross? Uh, shout-out to... Um... Well, really, everyone over in the DFG channel for making my generalized insanity and moments of dust-related sickness more bearable and amusing, generally speaking, and um, for somehow turning a night that I thought was going to be eaten by spreadsheets into discussions of music. You know who you are, and thank you for keeping me less insane. All right, Iron Wolf. Dang it. I don't think I got one this week. Oh, come on, man. We, we make as I'll do it every week. You gotta come up with something. Fine, then. I'm gonna give a shout-out to the Biomass channel for tolerating me every week. When I'm oh, really a terrible that's, person that's, at times. That's a cop-out shout-out, man. That's just like the, oh, well, I'll just shout-out to this channel. That's That'll work. I have a shout-out this to week. Talk. I have a shout-out this week. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna crash no. the order and do it now, because I feel like it. Because you have to destroy the structure. Okay, I'm ah, I'm giving my shout out to CCP Aquahead because we have another dev posting on the forums. How do you say his name? I, I said Aquahead. It's, it's like A Q U A R Head. Just say the new guy. It's not like we're going to get any more soon. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good point. There's only so many of them. <laughs> the new guy. I, it's 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 really great to see another dev uh, voicing up on the forums and daring daring to brave our, uh, you know, the, the yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that's that's where my shout-out goes today. Okie dokie. Uh, Jason Larson. Um, let me see. I'm, I'm running out of shout-outs here, so I'm gonna, I'll have to throw out... Uh, I'm going to give a huge, massive shout-out to uh, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds and uh, the fact that Deadpool will be coming in February. Oh, of, God, uh, I knew that. That had to come. That... Because you, you can always come to me if you're a daily Deadpool. So just... Uh, I, think I, I think I would start off with that one. That was a good one. Um... And I want to shout out to Kevin Costner, huge fan. You know, you know why you should, uh, you know why you should shout out to Kevin Costner, Sry. Why? Do, do you believe in Kevin Costner? I, Feel I, the dreams. I, I believe he exists. I, I don't, I don't have any particular belief in him beyond that. Okay, well, let me tell you what I believe in then about Kevin Costner. I believe in the soul, the cock, the pussy, the small of a woman's back, the hanging curve ball. High fiber, good scotch, and the new novels of Susan Sontag are absolutely self-indulgent, overrated crap. I believe that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe that there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. I believe that the sweet spot, the softcore pornography opening your presents on Christmas morning instead of Christmas Eve. And I believe in long, slow, wet, deep, soft kisses that last three days. That's why you shout out to Kevin Costner. Okay, well, I'm glad, we put, I'm glad we put an explicit tag on the on, on iTunes. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right, Kane Spiro. 
a usual shout out to the crazy community that keeps on playing. Uh, also to the vets. May they hopefully survive the transitionary period of matchmaking. And also to Negative Feedback Alliance. Cool, cool. Luther? I, I, uh, my shout out goes to you guys. Uh, Wasteland Junk Removal, uh, The Cobra, uh, even uh, Contraband Joe and Faction Warfare Army, and to all the scrubs out there that uh, one day will be involved in PC. We can only hope. Uh, I will give my shout out to everyone who has been listening to us. Uh, like I said, we're at 48 weeks now, which is pretty cool. Uh, please check out our website. Uh, it's it's new and improved, and, and get us in the get us in the email if you want to write for us. That'd be great. Uh, also, shout out to CCP Rotati, also known as CCP Crusher. Uh, go home, look in the mirror, and say the words, this is what sickness looks like on those long nights and you're still working on dust at, you know, who knows what hour. So, uh, thanks again, man. We uh, appreciate all the hard work, even if you need to sleep more and be less crabby. For the record, CCP Crusher has now made matchmaking my Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's all we got for this week, guys. Uh, hopefully next week, Jason will be around and won't be as psychotic because I can't keep these guys on topic. So uh, with that, this is the Biomass Crew signing off. Take care. Wow.